0: Disclaimer. In this story, we will be discussing sexual assault, assault, and murder. (laughs) That felt weird to say. This chapter may be triggering for some listeners. This will be the only warning. Please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic.
1: Have you heard of this case?
0: Um, Cheshire Murders. It sounds familiar. Is there a documentary or something?
1: Um, yes, it's called The Cheshire Murders.
0: Oh, that's funny. Then, maybe. <laughs> um, I will know once you start getting into it. I'm horrible with names. Right. Um.
1: Yeah. You remember?
0: Sorry. Talking about documentaries. Do you remember the Jinx or whatever? Yeah. That one? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Robert I want to Durst. do that one soon. Oh, man. Because, like,
0: so... going into the bathroom and, like, talking and stuff, like, I seen a TikTok and I was like, oh, my God, watching that, I was, like, screaming at the TV. I was like,
1: Wow. Oh, that one is hilarious to me because some people have quirks or twitches or whatever, but this guy, when he was, like, anxious <laughs> or lying, would burp. <laughs> yeah. so. He's like, no. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, my God. And
0: then goes to the bathroom just like a dumbass. Yeah. They can't ever know that I murdered her. In the yeah. <laughs> but, like, practically. That's
1: like, it. <laughs> You're done now. <laughs> <That's> so stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Did anything ever happen with that? Well, he actually, yeah, the trials just happened early this year, maybe late 2022.
0: Okay, so I'll definitely yeah. do a story on that then because yeah. it'll be interesting for me to yeah. learn.
1: I don't think he's it. dead yet, but... <laughs> At the trial, he was looking pretty <laughs> close to his deathbed. Oh God, like,
0: sad. No, it's not sad. It might be sad. I don't know. I don't know what his uh, I don't know what his verdict was. So I don't know if he's guilty or not. I don't know if he did it. Honestly, I feel terrible for not
1: knowing either. But of course he did it. I like, know.
0: Of course. <laughs> that's what that. Was. He if you couldn't it. hear the sarcasm in my voice, <laughs> that's my bad. Innocent until proven
1: guilty in a court of law. Yeah. Blah blah. blah. Unfortunately, and fortunately, I suppose this case is not one of those or we have to say innocence until proven guilty. Um,
0: is it unsolved or do we? It know? is
1: not unsolved. It is a done deal. Okay. Uh, prior to July 22nd, 2007, the Petit family was an average American household. William or Bill Petit Jr. met his wife Jennifer in medical school. He would become an endocrinologist, and Jennifer um, became a pediatric nurse. They had two daughters together, and at the time of this crime, the girls were 17-year-old Haley and 11-year-old Michaela. Haley was born October 15, 1989. She was a June graduate of Miss Porter's School and was headed to Dartmouth College in the fall. Haley was well-known. Admired and loved for the affection and integrity she brought to all that she was. Haley's leadership extended beyond school to the larger community, in which she raised thousands of dollars, in fact like $50,000, in support of multiple sclerosis research after her mom Jennifer was diagnosed with MS. Haley called no attention to herself, um, putting her energy into leading by example and encouraging those around her to do the same. Michaela, or lovingly known as KK to her family, was born on November 17, 1995. She loved playing soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. She was known for her amazing friendships and being a champion by including everyone. Um, in fact, her teachers had said Michaela would be the one, if she noticed a kid that was being excluded, she was the girl that would go and try to include that child. So just a sweet little girl. Michaela also loved watching cooking shows on the Cooking Network, um, preparing gourmet meals for her family. In fact, had made her family a tomato bruschetta for supper on the night of the crime. She would always be found jumping on the trampoline in her backyard with her friends and neighbors. Um, She recently had her first flute solo at the Cheshire United Methodist Church. Um, just good little kids, and looking from the outside in at this family, they looked like the perfect family and almost were like the perfect family. You know what I mean like there was yeah. no
0: there was this is no, like ringing so many bells. there's no
1: history, there's no abuse there's no there's nothing off about these people and the documentary with um Bill's parents or sorry, Jennifer's parents and sister. It was just an all-around wholesome, good family. The Petites lived in the affluent suburb of Cheshire, Connecticut and had been going about their regular weekend routine before they became front-page news. By the morning of Monday, July 23rd, three of the Petites were dead and their killers were in custody. Their home had been set ablaze and would later be torn down due to the horrific events that occurred inside. Now, Joshua... Commissar Jeffsky was adopted when he was just two weeks old by Jude and Ben. I'm not going to try to say that name again. Commissar Jeffsky. That, that's the last time I'm Good saying job, it. Good job, dude. Um, <clears throat> Jude said that she and her husband, Ben, had tried to instill Christian values into Joshua by pulling him out of public school and educating him at home. But he had wallowed in depression, her words. Due to the death of his grandfather a year earlier and had come under satanic influences through other youths in his hometown of Cheshire. Jude said that her son was easily manipulated and controlled by others. She recalled going into his room at one point and he had written over and over again on the walls death and die and suicide. So that's disturbing. At some point during his childhood, Joshua was raped by someone he trusted, allegedly a teenage kid that the family had fostered. Several years later, Joshua molested his younger sister, Naomi. The church that Joshua and his family had rejected psychology, psychiatry, or any kind of mental health treatment, and so did Uh, Joshua's parents when Ben and June discovered the sexual abuse in the family they didn't seek any mental health treatment for either Joshua or Naomi Um, my research even showed that the family allowed the church to perform an exorcism on Joshua Uh, traumatic maybe
0: you know what just devil's advocate perhaps he was possessed (laughs) perhaps he has a demon living in him and he did fucked up shit Is he Is he one of the fucked up ones yeah yeah so uh perhaps they weren't wrong maybe they antagonized the demon again not religious uh don't go to church uh (laughs) i'm just saying you never know
1: yeah you never know (laughs) and that's kind of the point isn't it like We cannot explain or rationalize these things that people do.
0: These crazy-ass things. I know it makes me think, like, maybe. Did the devil
1: make him do it? Is there a devil?
0: The devil made me do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Can of worms,
1: windshield, let's go. (laughs) Um, Right before turning 15, Joshua set fire to a gas station. Um, Since the police recognized that he had serious mental health issues, he was briefly hospitalized in a mental health hospital and given medication. However, um, Ben did not want him on any medication and instead sent him to a faith-based treatment program.
0: Oh, yes, faith heals all. Well,
1: clearly it didn't. (coughs) So Jennifer and Michaela, who was 11 years old at this time, went to the local stop and shop for groceries around 7.30 p.m. on Sunday, July 22nd, 2007. As they were shopping, 26-year-old Joshua spotted them and decided to follow them home. He the, said...
0: Sorry, the kids?
1: Mom, Jennifer, she was 48 uh-huh. at this time,
0: and he, her youngest daughter. Oh, okay, seen those two and Seen those two, two okay, in okay. the
1: store and followed them home. Uh, he said that Michaela had caught his eye.
0: And that's the kid.
1: That's the 11-year-old. 11, yeah. What a pig. Joshua was on parole for drug-related crimes and would reportedly break into and rob the homes of affluent families to help fund his habits. Many also believe that he had an in- inappropriate interest in children and may have targeted the Petites because of Ma- Michaela. Um, I'm also going to add here that Joshua had a girlfriend who wasn't a minor, um, but looked very yep. young, hmm. very young, um, So much so that this girl's dad had said to Joshua, I believe you're a pedophile. Which is weird because just because you look young, does that mean you can never have an adult relationship if you're an adult? You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. Have have you ever watched,
0: uh, I think it's on TLC, my name's Shauna Ray or something like that? No, I haven't. So, like, you know, there's dwarfs where, like, every part of their body, like, doesn't, like, uh Mature. grow yeah really? mature this but she's not a dwarf technically she has something else which makes her proportioned and everything but small so she looks like an 11 year old but she has tattoos she she's a fully grown woman she goes to a bar and they're like i'm gonna need to see your id and she, she has to show them and stuff and then she goes on dates and they're these huge guys and she's like am i dating a Creep? Am I dating a pedophile yeah. or am I dating somebody who likes me because of my personality? Yeah. I personally, if I was in her shoes, like I couldn't date somebody without judging them. Yeah. Like I'd be like, oh my God. Unless, like, unless I started the connection fully, like, faceless, bodiless, unless I practically catfished a motherfucker and then met them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of a local thing that's going
0: local here. Yeah. That
1: reminds me of that. Totally. Creepy. Totally. According to a statement Joshua later made, he thought the Petites had a very nice house and a very nice car and thought it would be nice to be there someday. Joshua later claimed that he only planned to rob the family as they slept during the early hours of July 23rd. But just before 3 a.m. on the morning of July 23rd, Joshua returned to the Petites' Cheshire home with an accomplice, 44-year-old Stephen Hayes, who also had a history of drug abuse and criminal charges. Stephen had been roommates with Joshua in two separate recovery programs where the two would share stories about their addictions, childhood traumas, and their previous crimes. I don't know, do we care to talk about Stephen's upbringing?
0: Like, here's my thing, right? Because if Joshua is saying that you know he had robbed houses and he had just planned to rob that house why what changed was it from his side or Stephen's side
1: right so as far as i know so Stephen was close to his mom as far as i know he had two brothers who both disliked him and have always been afraid of him hmm. um they was he per- the
0: oldest do you know
1: i uh, yeah he was Um, They particularly didn't like how Stephen financially took advantage of their mother. Mm -hmm. I know that after he was released from a halfway house, he stayed clean and sober for a few weeks, during which time he lived with his mom, but when he started drinking, his mother kicked him out and he reached out to Joshua for help in raising quick cash, probably for drug or alcohol money. Anyways, Stephen said that Joshua had told him he wanted to do a home invasion, but that Stephen told him he was crazy, that it would be too risky. Um, But you see, Joshua thoroughly enjoyed breaking into houses, stealing items, but he would also rearrange furniture in these homes homes, um, while the residents were either sleeping or out. Could you imagine waking up or coming home and realizing someone was in your house while you slept or were out? And had the audacity to switch around, rearrange your furniture.
0: I think I'd, like, permanently be, like...
1: That would be really... I'd be like, Heather,
0: why did you move the furniture around? She'd be like, it wasn't me. And I'd be like, stop lying to me. And, like, it would go on for years. Because she'd be like, I swear it wasn't me. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Because, like, like, I'd be like, you did it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There'd be no rational explanation for why somebody else would do that. Why would anybody... Come in here and put in all the work. Oh, okay. So just Joe <laughs> down the street
0: came in here and moved everything? And in this case, like
1: literally, yeah, like, yeah, that's what he used to do. So,
0: well, what? It grew legs and moved itself? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but according to Stephen, Josh wanted to take things even further this time. Um, both men were released from a halfway house that they shared a room together two months before the crime that we're discussing today happened. So anyways, back to 3 a.m., upon arriving at the Target house, the two men first attacked Bill, who had fallen asleep in the home's sunroom off the back of the house. Joshua grabbed a baseball bat from the front lawn and used it to beat Bill as he slept. Bill Um, survived, didn't he? He did, yeah. The men took Bill down to the basement, who was bleeding badly, worse than they had expected due to being on blood thinners for a heart condition. Um, they, they tied him up and basically they were going to tie him to a support beam, but I don't think, I'm pretty sure Joshua ended up saying they didn't have enough rope to reach around the support beam. So they just left him down there tied up. Then they went back upstairs and once upstairs, Joshua and Stephen first woke Jennifer and Michaela who had fallen asleep together in Jennifer's bed while reading. Um, and then they woke up the oldest daughter, Haley, They placed pillowcases over the head of the mom and the two girls, um, and then they spent hours rummaging and robbing the home, but apparently did not find enough valuables to satisfy them. Um, This fact eventually made the robbery turn deadly. Stephen became worried about DNA and fingerprints, to which Joshua told him that fire destroys everything. They agreed that Stephen would go purchase some gasoline, and there's surveillance video of Stephen at the gas station in the petite SUV, um, while Joshua stayed behind to continue looking for valuables. And honestly, were they high? No,
0: because like to me, this is giving like um, like high paranoia.
1: No, and I think that,
0: or maybe they were on edge, yeah. because they needed a fix, and maybe that caused paranoia. Could be,
1: but to and me, Stephen seemed like he was perpetually paranoid. Mm. You know, he was he and was then that fed off unwell. of each other, maybe,
0: yeah. and then that. And what I do think him.
1: Joshua was, to, in my opinion, I think Joshua was the ringleader. I think he, mm-hmm. I think this was more than just a home invasion gone wrong. I think that he wanted to assault Michaela,
0: and that was the younger one, the youngest one. Okay, I will wait. I will hold my opinion until I know further details. I feel like I've, I feel like I've watched yeah. the documentary, but I think, like I must have been like cleaning the house at the same time or okay. something. So not very familiar, but so
1: like I said, well, um, Stephen went to go get that gas. Josh stayed behind. He says to look for valuables, but I, in my opinion, I think that he did stuff. He this is probably when he began his torment and assaults on Michaela.
0: And those were proven afterwards? Yes.
1: Not the not this one that I'm talking about. We I mean, there's no way to know when he did what he did to her, but we know he did, did things that. to her.
0: Okay. And did he admit to them ever?
1: He did. And he took pictures and videos with his cell phone and oh. there was DNA found. What
0: the fuck?
1: Yeah. So when Stephen returned with the gas, the two continued to search the home for valuables. When they discovered the family had a checking account with thirty to forty thousand dollars in it,
0: checking account with well, thirty to forty. Yeah, why do you have that in a checking account, Put well, that were, in a tax-free savings? Sorry,
1: they, I mean they're rich anyways, right? They're doctors. They're successful. Oh,
0: oh yeah, that's just their like wallet change. Yeah, this My is bad. just
1: like let's go shopping, money word. So Bill had forced himself to stay awake. Um, He could hear birds chirping outside, so the sun was coming up. A short time later, he heard sprinklers, which go off at 5 a.m. At some point, he heard Jennifer's voice from upstairs saying that she would need to get her husband's checkbook. Um, Bill realized at that point that the men were going to take her to the bank.
0: Okay, so she woke up.
1: They woke her up hours before, at 3 a.m. when they first got there. I'm saying that Bill was beaten over the head. I know, and put
0: in the basement. And put
1: in the basement, and he was forcing himself to stay awake. So he had heard this exchange coming from the living room upstairs. That was she,
0: she awake when dude left to get gas? Yeah, yeah. Tied up.
1: Yep. Yeah. They were each tied up in their own rooms. So, so
0: the mom was taken away from. The The little girl was taken to her 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 own room. Okay, I get it. Okay.
1: Sorry. Should have clarified that.
0: I might have missed it.
1: No, I didn't.
0: Okay. I was like, I'm sorry. They're awake? Like, I thought they were sleeping. They were like, go get gas. Like, I don't know what's going on.
1: No, they were tied up. They were told, all of them were told, nothing's going to happen to you. Just cooperate with me. We're only here for money and valuables. And when we're done, we'll leave that's why the pillowcases are on your head, so you can identify us. They were, they were playing the game.
0: You did say pillowcases were put over their heads, and like for some reason in my head, like I thought like they just like took pillowcases and the two sleeping in the bed, like they just like set them on or something. Like no, that like wouldn't make sense. I get it. On, yeah. Okay, all right. So, and I'm sorry, but they killed the other three, right? It was a. Um, why
1: yeah we'll get to it
0: okay all right all right
1: so like i said bill had overheard things going on upstairs and he realized that jennifer Mm -hmm. must have been being taken to the bank um knowing in his head or thinking in his head that these guys were here to rob them money there's nothing in the house to so so to speak so they found out they had money in the bank this made sense to bill it's almost over they're going to take her to the bank and then they're going to leave us alone so then it went quiet until around 9 a.m. on July 23rd. Stephen took Jennifer to a nearby Bank of America so she could withdraw $15,000. $15,000 because they didn't want to raise any suspicions of her cleaning out the bank account. And yeah. they, they agreed that 15000 would be More worth than it. enough. Mm-hmm. So Stephen had decided to stay in the car while Jennifer went into the bank. Jennifer shared... The information with the bank teller
0: like told them that this is a why did he just get hurt at what I don't
1: know, my family's being held hostage, blah blah blah, they're demanding money, oh so the God. teller went to the bank manager, the bank manager called nine one one and said, "We have a lady who is in our bank right now who says that her husband and children are being held at their house." The manager described Jennifer as being petrified while she withdrew the cash and asked for help. Though others at the bank described her as calm, let's listen to the 911 call. My name is Mary Lyons. I'm the banking
0: center manager. We have a lady who is in our bank right now who says that her husband and children are being held at their house. The people are in a car outside the bank. She is getting $15,000 to bring out to them that if the police are told, they will kill the children and the husband. Her name is Jennifer Pettit, P-E-T-I-T.
1: Okay, she still is in the bank? Yes, she is. Okay, she's being held, or her, fa- her husband, husband and family is being held Yes. at their house? Yes,
0: they're tied up. She said they drove her here. I'm trying to look and see where she's gone. She went outside, but I don't. Oh wait, I see her
1: walking now. She is petrified. Um, so, despite the 911 call, police failed to intercept Stephen as he drove to the house using the petite SUV with Jennifer inside.
0: Did she? So she took the money out and then she came back out.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that's the plan, right? Help me get police to my house. This How is did they happened. not
0: intercept?
1: They technically in time. did,
0: but uh-huh. because
1: so infuriating because some of the bank employees said that, no, she was, she was too calm. Like they thought maybe she was an accomplice to this robbery. Um, That's ridiculous. The police were there. They created a perimeter, which I get into here, um, but they were waiting for instruction from superiors to move in. Okay, So Stephen and Jennifer get back to the house. Joshua lets them in the house. Yeah.
0: <sighs> I'm so, mad. So while
1: Stephen took Jennifer to the bank, this is when we know for sure that Joshua sexually assaulted Michaela. He recorded the crime on his cell phone.
0: Okay. Like, I'm, like, super depressed because, like, like, imagine, like, literally asking for help. And, like, having oh, a perimeter man. set and, like, not getting the help for you and your kids that you've risked everything on so to get. so much worse. So much worse.
1: So, like I had said before, Bill had forced himself to stay awake downstairs. And he heard that Jennifer was going to the bank with one of the intruders. He was hearing all of it. He was hearing all of it. Um... So, when Jennifer and Stephen got back to the house, um, Joshua helped Stephen look at the money and they thought they were good to go. One of them saw a police car slowly drive by outside. According to Joshua, this enraged Stephen, who automatically assumed that Jennifer must have alerted the bank and called the police.
0: They probably... The cop They were probably looking and shit.
1: And Stephen turned on Jennifer. He started strangling her. He raped her. And he murdered her on the living room floor. And for Bill, the next thing after hearing that Jennifer was going to the bank, the next thing after that that he remembers is hearing moans and thumps coming from upstairs.
0: Mid-floor or top floor? Like the Jennifer murder?
1: The Jennifer murder in the living room.
0: That's what he was hearing.
1: That's what he was hearing. It sounded quote as if someone were throwing twenty or fifty pound sacks on the living room floor. He would later testify. Wow. I believe that that's what Bill was hearing—the murder of his wife.
0: Yeah, I like. Would you, in that situation, you have forty five thousand dollars in your bank account?
1: I would have offered it all to him. You know, if they would just leave
0: they have pillowcases on heads would in at the bank would you have um told the bank to send help i think my brain goes for as much things as i can do all at once and i think instead of like going to the bank and going inside i would pitch to them the idea of like using an atm and calling the bank for a one-time increase like you know sometimes you have to do that a one-time increase and state that like you're buying a car yeah a a private sale car or something like that and you're paying in cash like or you're going to Vegas you're going gambling you're going on vacation
1: yeah there are definitely other ways or explain to the manager on 911 if they see you they're going to kill us um i don't like i don't know what i would do i
0: feel i feel like hearing that i don't know you're right i guess you'd be so desperate though and you'd be desperate for your children that you'd probably feel like you have to sound the alarm Mm -hmm. like please help me please help my kids Mm -hmm.
1: and all reality i think she did the right thing it's the police that fucked up
0: i i agree like it's either go in like right fucking now, if you're driving by, are you fucking silly?
1: Mm-hmm. Or and there was more than just that one cruiser. Like they had men around. They were sur- they surrounded the house and they were outside just chilling. So waiting. they knew
0: that she sounded the alarm. Yeah. Like go in. Yeah. Like what the fuck?
1: Bill later said that he felt a major jolt of adrenaline and thought it's now or never. Um. In his mind, at that moment, he thought they were going to shoot them all, and his heart felt like it was beating 200 beats per minute. Following Jen's murder, though, Stephen poured gasoline throughout the main floor of the house, ensuring he doused Jennifer's dead body to destroy his own DNA. Um. So stories conflict here. Joshua said that Stephen poured gas throughout the entire house, but more believable is that Joshua took care of the upstairs area. He also poured gasoline on Michaela and Haley, who were both still alive and tied to their beds with pillowcases over their heads still. With the house and their victims soaked with gasoline, one of the men lit a match and set the home on fire. Later in an interview, Stephen said that he didn't know that the two girls were alive upstairs and that Joshua lit three matches around the house and set it ablaze. Bill, who was still bound with rope, made his way to a neighbor's house to get help. He did this by literally hopping, falling, and crawling his way up the stairs to the outside and across the side yard of his own property. He had no idea what was happening inside his home. He was bloody and in pain from being beaten over the head with that baseball bat, and all he could think was getting help for his girls. But unbeknown to Bill, the police had already surrounded the house covertly and were waiting for their superiors to give permission to move in. We found out relatively soon after the crime that they were very shortly. They were there very shortly after Stephen returned with Jennifer from the bank, making a lot of people realize that had they moved in immediately, the petite family girls would have survived their horrific crime.
0: Maybe even Jennifer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, just yeah. because he strangled her doesn't mean that they couldn't have got gotten her heart back up.
1: Not just that. They saw. Stephen and jennifer come back to the house they watched them go back into the house like they were there before they returned from the bank
0: and it's crazy because like there's no way to even like hold the police more accountable because it's such a large and buck-up. so many of these police that's so horses, they don't know
1: how to respond to certain things so everything is alluring but i'm this is an older case, but like at this point, it's you. still happening, and I'm getting so sick and tired of oh, learning lots, like the the school shootings and shit and the responses to that kind of stuff, and they're using it as a learning experience. How many people have to die before we make it a regular training program how to respond to this shit?
0: And, like, hurry up. like Yeah get more people like i get it you're risking your life like i do get that but Mm -hmm. there are lots of people out there who are willing to like kind of like do that like i fucking would and like no i can't chase after like a fucking skinny drug addict or something that is trying to get away from me down the street but you can bet your ass i would like bust into a house that like with a if i had a gun with people and little kids are like in danger, yeah, like if that's what you need, like just I don't know, adjust your laws, like who cares? I don't know hundred percent that's crazy, it's crazy, 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 and I own like I hope that they found like peace after, but I just cannot imagine my the the story of my life mm-hmm. ending like that, mm-hmm. so tragically, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of ending that you can't even like make up for a book yeah. like that's fucking horrible
1: mm-hmm. so when a neighbor discovered bill around uh 10 to 10 in the morning in a treed area of his yard he didn't even recognize him because of how severely the intruders had beaten him the neighbor recalled bill yelling the girls are in the house as he attempted to crawl towards the neighbor The neighbor saw some of the police officers, so he alerted them, but by this time it was too late. They all saw smoke billowing out of almost every window of the home. And suddenly, police saw the petite SUV race out of the driveway, where it ultimately crashed into a police cruiser not far from the house. The two monsters were quickly apprehended. And I've I've got some clips I'll put in here, but... I'm not going to play this one that I'm going to talk about but I remember Jennifer's mom she's an elderly lady but she's she's just saying why didn't they why didn't they break the window why because what we get into next is so horrific and heartbreaking why didn't they just break the window why didn't they let some air in like what stop the police from going in when they Helping saw Helping in some way do something shoot the fucking window something so during the clips i'm going to play something, something something joshua is talking about his stuff and he actually refers to Michaela as kk and then went into kk's
0: room and uh again sat down and we were talking about um, she you know, I guess, you know, just the past time.
1: And how old do you think KK is? Uh,
0: between 14 and 16, probably. Okay. And the other sister you thought was how old? Um, between 18 and 19. Okay, so KK, uh, obviously
1: she told you her nickname or whatever is KK, or you made that up? No,
0: that's the name that both her sister and her mother uh, referred to her okay. as. Okay. Um, okay
1: so. You're so, talking to yeah. KK about... Just general things,
0: yeah, just like that, or what her summer plans are. Obviously not mine. But, you, know, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, I ended up having, or performing oral sex on, on K.K. You performed oral sex on K.K. Okay. okay. Did you do that while she was tied? Uh, yes. Was it against her will? Her, her hands were tied with her feet. Was it against her will, or she is it something you talked her into? How did that go? Uh, it started off as against her will, um, and like she wasn't like resisting or anything, so I just kept doing it yeah.
1: Now you said uh, you let her get dressed again. How, how is it she came upon being undressed? Because you originally said she was dressed.
0: Yeah, I had I used a pair of scissors and I'd cut her, her shirt off. Sex with her, just oral sex. So you're it. saying you didn't have intercourse with her. That's correct. Oil place, yeah. yep. you said. cut her clothes off for that purpose. Yep. Okay. Did you take pictures of her? Uh, I did, yes.
1: So, how infuriating is it that he feels entitled to call Michaela KK? She must have told him her nickname, probably trying to be nice, but for sure so terrified. This guy is just a monster.
0: That or he stopped them before.
1: Which is, I believe that's the case. Mm hmm. So at trial, we would find out that Bill had suffered skull fractures, causing a brain injury. Um, It's suspected that the fire burned the ligatures on Haley's wrists and ankles, allowing her to try to escape, making it to the top of the stairs before being overcome. She died as a result of smoke inhalation, but the front of Haley's body was more severely burned than her back, and her aunt would later say that this means that Haley was actually on fire as she was walking to the stairs. Oh As for Michaela, she was not able to get free of her restraints and died there, tied to her bed where Joshua had left her. Josh's DNA would be found inside her body, proving that the girl had been sexually assaulted.
0: Wow. So did she, like, what was her cause of death? Like smoke inhalation or yeah. smoke burning. Smoke. Oh.
1: but Bo- both of them smoke. Oh. Inhalation.
0: But they both were they burnt. were both
1: burnt beyond recognition. Wow. Yeah. Jennifer did not have smoke or soot in her lungs, and even though her body had been badly burnt, the medical examiner was able to determine that she had died from strangulation after being sexually assaulted by Stephen
0: Hayes. So like, like everything matched up to what those two yeah. told after. Yeah. What, like, why did they feel comfortable just telling the full truth?
1: Um, well, if you, oh God, I don't even like saying this, but if you watch some of the interrogations, um, Stephen Hayes does seem very remorseful. Like he had no idea that that's how everything was going to um, go down. Why he ended up raping Jennifer, I don't know. According to him, he said that Joshua forced him to do it to even things up because of what Joshua had done to Michaela. Um, I don't believe that. You can't force somebody to rape somebody else. No. You just... I mean, and kill. like It doesn't make sense. No. But Stephen did seem very, very disturbed and troubled. That
0: is so disturbing.
1: So in the years and trials following the Cheshire murders, Joshua and Stephen both blame one another for the burglary turning uh, violent and deadly. As their trials unfolded, authorities determined that Stephen most likely murdered Jennifer, but it, was, it remained unclear which of the men lit the match that ultimately set the house on fire that ended up killing Haley and Michaela. At that point,
0: who cares who fucking dropped the match? That's right. like, They're right. both pieces of shit. You both raped that little girl. You both raped that woman. Like you both killed those three people. It doesn't matter who held the bat and hit Bill. Like you both fucking did it because, like, pff, they did that together. They were fully involved mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing.
1: Members of the jury were also offered counseling due to the case's disturbing nature. Thank
0: fuck yeah.
1: So they were, I, I should have said this before, but they were charged, they were both charged with 17 counts, including sexual assault, murder, kidnapping, and arson. Mm-hmm. Um, in October 2010, Stephen was convicted of 16 counts and received a death penalty sentence. And in October 2011, Joshua was convicted of all 17 counts and sentenced to death.
0: So they're both sentenced to death? Yes. Why are you saying it like that? Are they dead? No. Are they going to die?
1: Because in 2015, just a few years after they received their sentences, the state of Connecticut abolished the death
0: penalty. That shouldn't count, though, towards crimes committed before the abolishment. It doesn't, but.
1: Okay. For them to actually carry out a death sentence, in, uh-huh.
0: it's not going to happen. Why? It will never happen.
1: They're not a death penalty state.
0: Like literally douse them in gasoline and set them on fire and call it a day.
1: I mean it's very it's 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 very unlikely that either one will ever leave prison, but I seriously doubt either one of them will ever see the death chamber.
0: Inject them with drugs and put them in a cell with Taylor business. <laughs> That's my vote. Great idea. One at a time. I don't know how she would feel about two, but
1: So Stephen has given interviews since the crime where he seems to take accountability for his part. Um, He's now transgender and identifies as Linda. That is his new identity, though, which is why I referred to him as Stephen or he in this episode, because he is a monster and now she can suffer in prison for the rest of her life. To me, like, is he really transgender? Or is he saying, now I'm a different person, let me out of jail?
0: I feel like that's a huge can of politicalness that we are... Not
1: going to touch with
0: a 10-foot pole. (laughs) I am on board. 100%. I think we should uh, close that jar and then shove it onto the counter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that that is very interesting. My mind definitely does start like veering into that stuff too it's like okay do you actually feel that way or is your soul just so crushed for who you were and what you did mm-hmm. that you that you just want to identify as something else because because now you know it's a little bit louder now now you're a little bit more aware of that possibility mm-hmm. you don't have to be that piece of shit maybe he literally is just making a new persona yeah. it, it's possible i could i could see it because like how the fuck do you deal with that you know yeah or like some people have um, multiple personality yeah disorder yeah like yeah to and deal they with do trauma yeah exactly yeah. they l- l- it comes after something such as that where like they cannot handle what they did that's right and maybe that's what happened there's so many different scenarios there
1: and as for joshua he continues with his appeals but each time they get denied he's just that kind of punk he never takes responsibility and will continue to try to get his sentence overturned based on nothing worth mentioning really i'm not going to even mention anything that he says it doesn't matter he can rot
0: i hope that he has a really really large boyfriend that's all i gotta say
1: for sure. Seriously.
0: That's a disturbing. It's, that's not nice. That's not cool. Me no like you that one. No.
1: So rest in peace to Jennifer and Haley and Michaela.
0: And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I hope that you are like, totally in peace. And if you're not and you decided to like stay on earth or like if that's like even like what happens after, I hope that you're happy where you are because it's so sad.
1: The dad Bill so he's, he's doing okay. He's obviously not the same person that he
0: was. Oh no, I would literally Oh my god. The like Petite,
1: he he started a foundation though. Um there's actually <laughs> a really beautiful website, the Petite Family Foundation um Mm -hmm. talks about the girls and people that knew them leave comments and stuff about the girls it's really nice um and they raise money for certain charities and stuff obviously and yeah i
0: just seriously like i cannot imagine being a part of that family and being there because i am i'm struggling with it as somebody in a different country yeah like years later anyway it's crazy but thank you to everybody who stayed and listened what a hard one if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends if you don't mind giving us a five-star rating it will help our show grow you can also find us on facebook tiktok and instagram at true crime story podcast where the discussion can continue if you wish to contact us, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. Also, remember to send in your podcast episodes, case suggestions, or requests. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Uh, also, check out our Buy Me a Coffee in the show notes. I'm Brie. And I'm Char. Sure. And we'll see you on the next chapter. Bye! Bye.